Hello and welcome back to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas, and I'm so happy to be back with you guys this week. I feel like I took a little time off and it wasn't uh, planned, if you will. My kids were both crazy sick. They didn't have the COVID. Now they didn't have the COVID. But now that we're coming out of the pandemic, kids are starting to get, you know, regular sick, like colds and all kinds of germy stuff like that. So they were homesick, made life a little crazy. And we celebrated my husband's 50th birthday, which he refuses to tell anybody. He's running around saying it is the 20th anniversary of his 30th birthday or the 15th anniversary of his 35th birthday, which is pretty funny. And when I posted about it on my Insta or in my Facebook, a lot of people were like, oh, happy anniversary. And I'm like, nah, boo, it's not our anniversary. It's just his birthday. It's the anniversary of his 35th birthday. Anyway, so we did have a lot to celebrate. But here I am back with you guys. And this week, we're going to talk about what happens when you fight over finances. Now, I am sure that at some point in your marriage, maybe right now, you and your husband have fought over finances. What makes me pretty sure about that? Because that is one of the number one reasons that there are fights and stresses in marriage is finances. And guess what? I realized I don't think I had any episodes on it. Maybe I had one. So here we are. We're going to jump into some of the reasons, A, that we fight over finances and four quick tips to help you to stop fighting over finances and work towards financial harmony. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the grace Field wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Grace Field Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. All right, all right. Now before we jump into some of the reasons why we fight over finances and some of the ways to stop them, I wanted to share a free resource with you that has nothing to do with me. Y'all know how I love to share things that bring me joy and value. And for in this case, that is a new podcast I started listening to called An Interview with Melissa Lorena. Now, who is Melissa Lorena, you may ask? Well, Melissa Lorena is a personal development coach, business coach, and warrior mom who helps you go from imagining living your best life to actually doing the thing. 
in a little bit deeper depth, depth <laughs> Melissa is a woman who helps people who are really in their transition stage, maybe from moving out of corporate America and into their next season of life. Now, I know I have tons of listeners who some of them are entrepreneurs, some of them are not. I have listeners all over who really run the gamut. So I thought that this would be meaningful for you right now. In her podcast, you're going to learn not only how to believe in yourself, but how to unleash your biggest potential, leave perfectionism behind and build a fulfilling life. Now, you know you deserve the best, mama, so you're going to learn from entrepreneurs like Susie Bates, Beth Comstock, creators like Gary Vee or James Altucher, world changers like David Meltzer or Asha Karan, and beacons of hope like Raphael Rowe or Dr. Joel Freeman, and lastly, world-class storytellers like Cal Fussman or Jordan Harbinger. When you tune into the show, you're going to learn how to overcome life's biggest challenges and embrace its wonderful surprises. I can tell you that Melissa really is a talented interviewer. She asks a lot of really insightful questions and really gets the conversation going. So it has been a joy for me to listen to her show. And I just wanted to share that with you guys. So go check out her show and interview with Melissa Lorena. Now Lorena is L-L-A-R-N-E-A in case you didn't know. You could also check her out at on Instagram at Melissa Lorena. Let her know you found her from my show. All right. So in terms of fighting over finances, there are usually several reasons why we fight over finances, right? I probably don't even have to tell you the reasons. You're like, oh, honey, I know why we fight. For us, it's not having enough money, right? Some people, they fight because there is not enough money. In other cases, they fight because maybe one spouse spends more than the other. In other cases, maybe it's that one spouse feels dependent on the other. Maybe only one spouse is working for whatever reason. And then a lot of times what will happen is the unworking spouse, which I'm just going to say right there. Hold on. Let me just let me just pause. If you are air quotes, the unworking spouse, meaning you are a stay at home mom, a homemaker, a whatever you honey are a working spouse. You are. You're just not getting paid for the amazing work that you do. If you are a stay-at-home husband, that is the same thing. You are working mom. I was thinking about this this morning. Like there are people out there who have lots of help. You know, they pay for cooks and housekeepers and, and, you know, nannies and all kinds of things, people to help them run the household. I mean, back in the days, it was not uncommon for wealthy families to literally have house managers, right? Even in the Bible, like Joseph was Potiphar's house manager, right? There are people out there that is a full-time job. So there is no shame in being the person at home who runs the house. That is the most important job you have. It's just unfortunate that we don't get paid for it. Or like me, you run the home and mom is maybe your first job, but you also work inside the home or you work full-time outside the home. And that can also bring fights about finances because you feel like, well, not only am I doing the job that I don't get paid for of cooking and cleaning and keeping the house, but I am also doing my outside job and I don't have enough freedom or autonomy with our finances. So let's talk about a couple of ways that we can stop fighting over finances and really start living or start this journey towards financial harmony. Now, note that I said 
financial harmony, not financial freedom or financial peace or whatever. Those things are amazing, but I am no finance guru. So I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about using cash envelopes and paying down your debt and doing all those great things. That is really wise and sound teaching. And please feel free, go out there and check that out. What I'm talking about with financial harmony is it is possible to live a life where you are not fighting about finances even while, you know, or even before you get to the place where you're completely living debt-free and you have all your your ducks in a row financially, you know, with all the things that you need in savings and all your retirement accounts fully funded and all that great stuff that, you know, we may be working towards. But what do you do before you get there, right? How do you not fight before you get there? And this financial harmony that I'm talking about, I'm talking about harmony with your husband, harmony to the uh, being a place where you are both on the same page. So I just wanted to make that clarification. Now, um, this is not part of my four tips, but I did want to also touch on the first thing I said when we fight about uh, money is oftentimes people fight about not having enough money. And girl, I get it. I grew up poor in the hood. Like there was no money really for anything growing up. I remember just this last Christmas, my daughter bought me a Cabbage Patch Kid doll for Christmas. I am 43 years old and she bought me a Cabbage Patch Kid doll to Christmas for Christmas. It moved me to tears because when I was a little girl, my parents could never afford to buy me a Cabbage Patch Kid doll. And like, that was the biggest thing back in the eighties and they couldn't afford to get it for me. So finally, you know, years later, some point in the early 90s, they got me a Cabbage Patch Kid doll and then we were dog sitting and the dog ripped my Cabbage Patch Kid doll to shreds and I was like just devastated. So when my daughter presented me with a vintage Cabbage Patch Kid doll this Christmas that looked almost exactly like the one I used to have, I was a hot mess. So I get the struggle of not having enough money growing up. I did want to make this point is that sometimes the thing that we're fighting for is less about not having enough money and more about how are we stewarding our money or how we are stewarding our time. So I used to watch my parents fight all the time because there was no money and my dad would be out there working his butt off to support the family and my mom would be home working her butt off to raise the children. She didn't work when when we were little, my dad did all the working and there was a lot of conflict there. And there was conflict because of a bunch of other reasons that I'm going <laughs> to that I'm going to get to, but part of the conflict was, you know, more about the expectations really that you talk about and that you set. So maybe expectations that are unmet or expectations that are not discussed. And the other thing is that sometimes with these expectations comes a level of stewardship. So if the one spouse is spending money on things, maybe the other spouse doesn't agree on, that is more of a stewardship issue than a not enough money issue. Because I remember being a kid and being happy, uh, just 
not having much money. And, and I, God has spoken very clearly to me as of late that it's not for me, at least it's not a provision issue. It's a stewardship issue. So it's really just understanding that. So that is the first thing I want to kind of uh, point out before we look into any of the other potential causes or ways to stop it. It's is your issue a stewardship issue? All right. So ways that we can stop fighting over finances and really start towards financial harmony. Number one, we are going to set and communicate expectations. Now, I mentioned this before when I was talking about my parents. I think there was a lot of unmet expectations. When you go to... When you go to premarital counseling, one of the things that they focus on is setting expectations between the husband and wife, which is really great that you do that. Very important that you do that. But if you're listening to my show, chances are you're already married, boo. So you have either had that class or you like me, never had premarital counseling. So this idea of setting and meeting expectations, maybe it's foreign or maybe it's not something that you regularly practice. But when it comes to money, setting expectations is so important. I have a whole episode about expectations and how, uh, you know, when we don't set or communicate our expectations we are expecting the other spouse to play a part in a movie he does not have the script to it's like oh i mean how dare you not do the thing i accept i expected you to do how dare you forget your line but we never gave our spouse the script so that is kind of this you know weird place that we're in when we don't communicate or really set expectations because the spouse may expect that, you know, maybe your husband thinks that it's his job to pay all the bills, or maybe he thinks it's your job to pay all the bills, or maybe you think it's his job to work and your job to stay home or vice versa. Maybe you're like, please stay home with the kids. Do not leave me home. I don't want to be a stay at home mom, right? Whatever that looks like in your house, if you have not clearly set and communicated expectations, that might be a reason why you're fighting. Now, I want you to think about your own personal uh, journey and disagreements that you and your husband are having right now. And as I go through each of these steps, I want you to take note of which of them resonate with you. Another way that we can stop or prevent, you know, really fights about finances in marriage is to have either separate roles or even accounts for the finances. Now, I'm not here to tell you that you guys need to have separate bank accounts. You do whatever works for you. Doesn't matter to me. But I know that the couples that I speak to who have multiple accounts, whether they be multiple joint accounts or multiple accounts where, um, you know, maybe each spouse has their own money and then there's a joint account for bills. When I speak to couples who have some sort of system like that set up, those seem to be couples who do not fight over finances. And they'll tell you, oh, we fight about a lot of things. We just don't fight over finances. And one of the reasons is why, and this is goes back to either not having enough money or stewarding of money. When you have fun accounts, right? This is also an idea when you think about the cash envelope system. 
So you could have a joint account and then just have some sort of cash envelope system, if you will, if, if that's what works for you, whatever the system is that works for you. But if you have your, let's say your fun money separate from the bill money, then all of a sudden the stresses are, have been lowered because each spouse knows that if I want to go to the salon and get my nails done or my hair done, or I want to buy a new pair of shoes, or I want to buy something on Amazon, or if I want to buy my husband a gift, or if I want to like, you know, invest in an online course that I saw or a book that I want, I can do that. And he's not going to question those charges because it is coming from my own personal money that I have set aside or that we have agreed that I will set aside. So for everybody, it looks different. You know, for some people, they budget a certain amount and, you know, maybe they'll have a cash envelope. For us, we have separate accounts, like personal accounts. And, you know, we'll give ourselves an allowance uh, for money, you know, every month or every week, whatever, for us to spend on things that are just for ourselves, however we see fit. And then we have the other account that is the joint account. And that's going to be for all the bills, the groceries, whatever. There are tons of different systems out there for you to use but that was the number one thing that stopped fighting in our marriage because what would happen is I would think it's totally fine to go on Amazon and well back then there wasn't Amazon but like probably BJ's <laughs> like go to BJ's and um I don't know about you guys but for you maybe it's Target but you ever go into the store and you're like I'm gonna buy mascara I just need mascara well, I buy mascara at Sephora, but whatever. I'm going to buy the thing, like toilet paper, whatever. Maybe it's one thing. You go into a store like Target or BJ's and you come out going, how did I just spend 100 or $300? Like, I don't even know how that happened. I have four things in my card. Like, I don't even know how that happened. Well, that used to happen a lot in my marriage. And um, I would do it and not think anything of it because we were both, you know, making money as in my corporate job. And I really, you know, I cared about my finances, but I didn't really pay such close attention. But my husband, who was managing that account, will say, babe, you didn't tell me that you were going to go and buy this or spend that or whatever. So one of the ways that we solved that issue for ourselves is I said, you know what, I want to be able to buy my own things without being berated or questioned or whatever. And I want to be able to budget my own money. So I'm going to set aside this account for myself. You could set aside your own, all the money, all the other money will go in the middle and then we'll divvy it up there. So whatever that system is for you, um, it is important. Again, it does not have to be separate bank accounts. And let me stress, this should be communicated. If you find yourself that you are hiding money from your husband, that is a red flag. A red flag in your marriage, in your intimacy, in whatever, because that means that there is some real deep level of distrust there between one or both of you that you feel the need to hide money from him. You don't have to hide money from him. Just let him know, right? Just communicate that. And whenever we're, we're doing something kind of um, without telling our spouse, that is a really a break in trust. And this doesn't mean that you need to disclose all the money that you're setting aside for yourself. I don't tell my husband how much money I put aside. I We came up with an amount and that I was going to contribute to the household finances. And that's what I contribute. Anything that I make above and beyond that is really kind of 
my own to spend, right? So whatever that system looks like for you, you can do it. Just please keep, be mindful of that. So uh, yeah, if you, if you find yourself doing that, that is something growing up that uh, we were, uh, my mom didn't teach me that, but it's just something like I would hear a lot growing up is that, you know, as women, we need to keep a separate account with separate finances. And it came from this uh, history in, you know, this like almost like cultural history that we came from where there was absent fathers. Men were, you know, I know so many women whose husbands, they got up, they left, they started new families, you know, they divorced the wife. And then here was the wife penniless and broke, like, you know, she had no way to support herself. So it came from that old school thought and mentality. So I understand the value of it and, and why that happened. But now, um, in having moved past that and, and growing beyond this healing, there is a balance and there is a way to say, hey, babe, I love you. I am keeping, you know, money on the side for for myself for whatever investments I might have, you know, for you know, money that I want to save up for myself. And that's totally fine. And you should be able to have honest conversations about that. Uh, so that was the separate accounts. The separate roles, really quick, I'll touch on that is, um, and, and this is going to lead into the next one. Separate roles is understanding that in every relationship, there's typically one spouse who is a spender and one spouse who is a saver. I'm trying to figure out between my husband and I, who's the spender and who's the saver. I think um, I might be the spender, I don't know. <laughs> but I think we both... Um, are good about spending and saving in different areas, which brings me to my next point. So first, let's just talk about the spender and the saver. So in that area, having different roles, set roles, and again, communicating those expectations, understanding that you do not have to control the finances. Uh, if you do, fine, whatever, but understanding that it is probably just fine for your husband to control them. In my house, I let my husband control it. And it took, it was a, a learning curve for me. It really did. In my mind, I needed to control everything. Mm -hmm, I did. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. But in my mind, I needed to control everything, fully forgetting that my husband was older than me, wiser than me, and was um, doing just fine before he met me financially. So what made me think that I was going to be any better at managing the finances? I have no idea. But when I gave that up to him, all the the personal finances, say, okay, babe, you handle all the bills, you know, the light bill, the gas bill, whatever at home. It was so liberating. And, you know, we have separate roles. So I handle other bills at home. So he knows he never has to worry about our mortgage being paid, our property taxes being paid, anything like that, because we have rental property. I handle all that. Like I said, my my other job is a real estate agent. So I do. I'm deeply involved in real estate for much of my life. So I do that. Right. But the point is that we have found our niche. Uh, but basically both uh, based on what we're good at and, you know, what, you know, what fits into our everyday life. And it works for us. Once we separated those roles, it, the fighting stopped. Now there is no more fighting. It's a matter of if we want to do something big, you know, maybe a vacation or this or that, we will sit down and we, we will decide, okay, how do we want to fund this vacation, right? How do we want to do that from, from what, buckets do we want to save up and fund fund this thing but it then becomes a communication versus a fight so my third point was 
is going to be defer to each other's strengths. So when we when you're looking at the roles, how do you define those roles, right? It's not just, oh, you're the man, so you handle the finances, or you're the woman, so you handle the things at home. Like, hello, what year are we living in? You are going to basically defer. And I've talked to this when I talked to you guys about uh, encouraging your husband to help around the house. I talked about deferring to what he is good at. So look at the both of you and what your personalities are and in what areas do you shine? Where is your husband good? Is he good at organizing or is he good at saving or is he good at being spontaneous? And is he the one that really should, you know, if you're the one who's the saver and um, really tight with the budget, then that's great. Maybe that is your role. And if your husband is the one who is, you know, more spontaneous and happy-go-lucky and, and the one who will quickly spend money, then maybe that's his role. Maybe his role is to plan the fun vacations because it's very possible that if you're the one who's the saver of this, that you're going to be looking at things with such a fine tooth comb that you aren't going to allow him to shine where he might just surprise you and plan a really beautiful family vacation, if you will. So really looking into what each other's strengths are and deferring to that, whatever that is for the each of you. Lastly, lastly, and this is number four, and this is going to be big, and I'm going to close with this, is you need to identify if there is an issue that is deeper than your finances. An issue that is deeper than your finances. Now, when I talked about the reasons why we fight over finances, some of the things I said, right, maybe one spouse spends more than the other, right, that will go towards expectations or strengths or roles. And the other I said was one spouse feels dependent on the other. And this is where we're going to talk about an issue that's deeper than the finances, because maybe maybe there is enough money and maybe you guys aren't necessarily stewarding well that would be an issue that is actually deeper than the amount of finances coming in that stewardship issue but it could also be something else meaning if your husband is really controlling over the finances then it's probably not about the finances that control is probably because of something going on, something else going on for him, you know, or if you are really controlling over finances, it's probably not about finances, but rather control. So maybe there was betrayal, hurt, whatever in the past that is now causing one of you to feel really controlling over it, or maybe, um, the controlling spouse never had control over anything when they were younger and now they have this desperate attempt to feel like they have some autonomy over something that being said if you have a spouse who feels dependent on the other that isn't healthy either so if you're the spouse who is the homemaker and who feels like i have to wait for an allowance from my husband to do anything then that is a, a conversation and an expectation that you guys really need to talk about because is it is not fair for any one of us as adults in this marriage to feel so dependent on the other. And he may be like, well, what's wrong? I, you know, I give you like, you know, $100 a month. And you're like, okay, I need more than $100 a month or whatever that that is. But 
it's going to be really important for both members of this marriage, right? For you and your husband to feel like neither one of you is dependent on the other. Who wants to feel dependent on another person? So what is this deeper issue? What is causing it? And understanding that the whatever these things that you guys are fighting about might actually be the cause of something deeper. And we talk a lot about this in the Grace Fields marriage method, like understanding that uh, kind of really we go into what are some of these triggering things and identifying really what some of these deeper things might be. But that very well might be an issue. And here's why. I discovered this very recently, which I'm like, how am I just now discovering this in life? But I read the book, uh, My Money, My Way by Kumiko Love, who is also known as the budget mom. She has a, uh, a blog. I believe she has like a blog and a Facebook group. And like I had seen some of her stuff, I think a YouTube channel. I'd seen some of her stuff here and there. And then I saw she wrote a book and I was like, you know what? I'm into books. I got a subscription to audio. Let me check it out. So I, I download the book and I listened to it and I loved it because it was not just filled with all the other financial advice that I've heard, you know, a hundred other people tell me, but she made a connection that I had never heard anybody else make. And that was that when it came to finances, she realized that she was overspending because she was compensating for something else in her life. It was an emotional thing and the spending ended up being an emotional issue versus a spending issue. And that's really what I'm talking about here by identifying the deeper issue. Because once I list, I heard that part in the book, it was like, boom, light bulb moment for me. And it's like, wow, what areas of my life do I overspend? And then as I thought about it, I'm like, oh, that is an emotional issue. So I want you to lastly... Um, identify if there is a deeper issue in your finances between you or your husband, uh, because maybe, maybe you're the spender. Maybe you're the one who overspends and you're not sure why, or you have found yourself, you know, maybe putting yourself into a cycle of debt and you're not sure why there might be a deeper emotional issue that is unresolved for either you or your spouse. So that's all I have for today. I hope that was helpful for you guys. But really, those are my four tips to really stop fighting over finances and really start living together in financial harmony. I'm going to recap them for you real quick. Number one, we are going to set and communicate expectations. So it's not enough to set the expectations. You really have to communicate them and make sure that you are both that they are agreed upon. You can't just set an expectation for your husband that he does not agree to meet. So you have to agree to meet these expectations. Number two, we're going to have separate roles or accounts when it comes to the finances, whatever that means. You do not have to have separate bank accounts, but there should be, you know, separate roles. Again, lining up expectations. Number three, we're going to defer to each other's strengths. So as we are putting together these different roles or accounts or or whatever and deciding what each of us are going to do and how we're going to manage our finances let me tell you one spouse is going to be better than the other at one you know part of finances so you're going to really kind of figure out what that is and defer to that and then lastly we are going to identify if there is an issue that is actually deeper than your finances or overspending on any for any spouse 
Is there a deeper emotional issue that is causing someone to overspend? Is there a trust issue that is causing a spouse to be controlling with the finances? Is is What is it that is making one spouse feel dependent? Like, let's really dig into what that deeper issue is because once it comes to light, once it is brought to light, you can't ever unsee it again. And now you will have the tools, right? You will be equipped to go ahead and fight against whatever that deeper issue is. I hope this was a value to you guys. I love you so much. And as always, if this show was a value to you, please do me a favor. Go share it with a friend. Share it with a girlfriend. Let me know. Go ahead. Hit me up on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. But share it. Leave a review. I've had a lot of you say, hey, I love your podcast and I'm not sure how to leave a review. If you are on Apple or iTunes, that is the best way. Just go to your iTunes account. Even if you listen on like I have people listening on Spotify, Google, Audible. There's all the things. But if you have an iTunes account, that's probably the best way to do it. So if you want to go to your iTunes account and just leave a review and then, hey, send me a screenshot and let me know it's you because a lot of times I don't know who it is that leaves leaving the review and I love them and I read every single one. Uh, but I just love to know, connect kind of a name with a face and know who is it that is being so helped by this podcast. I love you guys. And until next week. Hey, love, thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.